Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. That was a scripture passage from the very beginning of Christ's ministry here on earth. I've got two more that I want to read to you this morning. I just seem to pour out of that song that we listened to. After Christ was crucified and rose from the grave, and his disciples began their ministry, this was written. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and earth had ceased to exist, and the sea existed no more. And I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the residence of God is among human beings, and he will live among them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and death will not exist anymore, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the former things have ceased to exist. And the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, Write it down. Because these words are reliable and true. He also said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who is thirsty, I will give water free of charge from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. My friends, this is the crux of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel, that God was not content to leave us in our mess. He didn't say, you made your bed, you lie in it. He stepped into history and changed the rules in our favor. And from that first passage, the closing lines, from the very beginning of Christ's ministry, he made it clear he wasn't coming with an attitude, He wasn't coming because he had to. Oh, I guess I'm... uh. 
No, he came because he loves you. He came because he's pleased with you. And peace on earth among the people with whom he is well pleased. This is the gospel. That in all the places where we are powerless, where it seems like evil will triumph, where people will force their own will through, for all the places where you had dreams and they got broken, for all the times you reached out in peace and you got stabbed in return, for all the times that you convinced yourselves that you were right, only to discover later the great cost of how wrong you were, For all of those times and so many more, for all the times you tried to change and went right back to your old behaviors and addictions, for all of that, we have a Savior who is able to sympathize with our shortfallings. He doesn't stand there wagging his finger like some guy on a platform. He walks alongside you in the midst of all the pain and all the disappointments and all the turmoil. For all that we need, we have a Savior who is one against the very hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we deal with on a daily basis. This is the gospel. That for all of our shattered relationships, that for all the broken hearts and cold workplaces and lost friendships, For all of that, for all the pain and all the disappointments, the broken hopes and the betrayals, for all the things that aren't supposed to be this way, there is still hope of restoration. Jesus still changes lives. He still changes hearts. He came to mend relationships and bring together those who were far apart. And he is still in the business of fixing what is broken. And if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, then there is a time coming in eternity when he does fix it all. How did he put it? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will not exist anymore or mourning or crying or pain for the former things will have ceased to exist. And let me explain this real plainly from up here. I get real life. I may not get your life, but I know that life is full of disappointments. I'm not just reading some words off a page and hoping against hope that somehow they come to pass. Look, I get it. Life is difficult. (laughs) The day that we were supposed to move, our well failed. I've got a $5,500 repair for a glass of water I'll never drink. (laughs) I get it. Life is full of hardship. I get it. Relationships and friendships don't work out the way they are supposed to. In the last two weeks alone, I've walked with four friends whose marriages have just evaporated. I get it. I'm not talking out of nonsense. There is hope in the midst of all of that. Dreams 
Even good, godly dreams seem to have a way of failing to materialize. I get it. I've been disappointed too. But that is not the end of the story. When we reach the end of our ability, God is just getting started. When we've run out, He hasn't even warmed up yet. As theologians through the years have put it, He's got a habit of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat and bringing life out of the grave. Or as Kai has said many times, it will be okay. In the end, it will be okay. And if it's not okay right now, this isn't the end. Or as our friend Corey said, the king still has another move. Whatever you are facing today, whatever it is that's going on in your life, maybe some of the things I talked about are true for you, but I have a suspicion that you've got a whole other narrative that I'm unaware of. But here's what I do know. Whatever hangs over your life, there is hope for. Every year at this point, we remind ourselves that there is one who came into this world to light up the dark. Or as it says in Daniel, one of the passages I thought about reading, on those who live in darkness, a great light has shone. Every year we light little tiny candles to remind ourselves that the sun has come. And he's not some quiet, meek and mild baby in a cave someplace. Oh, he started there. But that's not where he stayed. He didn't stay in some main... We've got some weird habits in the church. We make things sound nice and neat that aren't. Oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, laid in a manger. Okay, folks, that's a feeding trough. Probably for pigs. It was full of slop. He he started there, but that's not where he stayed. He wasn't just some bumbling around teacher randomly walking through Galilee. Oh, he taught. He taught like no one else, but he wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a victim of the Roman Empire. He hung on one of their crosses, but that's not where he stayed. And because of all of that, we have hope. Because three days after he hung on the cross, having absorbed the strongest blows the enemy could bring, Jesus stood victorious over death. What did our conquering king do? Look, it's, it's great to revel in the victory of Christ, but understand the character of Jesus. Look, if it was me and I had just won some great battle, we'd, what, run victory laps? You watch somebody who finishes a UFC fight, you'll see him, like, talk online a whole bunch of smack, brag about how great he is. What did Jesus do? He comforted the grieving women in the garden. He went and cooked breakfast for his disciples who were supposed to be fishermen but couldn't catch anything. He welcomed back and embraced the one who abandoned him. He called him Peter, the stone upon which I'll build my church. We have hope. 
Because there is one that has beaten all the forces of darkness. There is one who has beaten the grave. There is one that takes the broken parts of our life and weave it, weaves it back together. There is one that takes this mess and makes it make sense. If not now, then in eternity. And when we take a look at his character, he is so different from the leaders that we choose for ourselves. Next time you get unhappy about a politician, remember that we elected them. Or people just like us elected them. We choose bad leadership. But Jesus is so beautiful. Because he is so different. And this morning, as we turn our thoughts towards communion, as we get ready to go towards this table, there's an invitation this morning. An invitation for all of us. For some of us who haven't walked with Christ, you're finding something about Him that is beautiful today. And it's not just a baby in a manger. It's a king who understands what you're going through and will make it right. Following Jesus doesn't make everything easy instantaneously, but he will eventually make it right. And today, there's an invitation for those of you who want to start walking with Christ. It's the most expensive free gift you'll ever get. And... For those of us who do walk with Jesus, there's an invitation today too. Because it is easy to get sad. It is easy to get discouraged. It is easy to stare the problems that we have in the face and not see a way out. But today we get reminded of something. For the last 2,000 years, there's been little candles burning. Reminding us that Jesus wins. And that there is hope. Not just for you, not just for me, but for everyone. And for some of us today, you need to hear, there's hope for everyone. Especially you. Especially your circumstances. Especially what you're dealing with. There is hope. We're going to pray. We're going to celebrate communion, which seems like a beautiful reminder. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we don't get it. We don't get why you'd leave the glory of heaven and bend low to be among us. But we are so grateful that you have lit up the darkness of our world. We are so grateful that the chorus of heaven is shouting, there is hope. Lord, for those of us who are discouraged today, would your light dawn in us? Lord, would you light hope in our hearts again? Lord, thank you for what you've done. There are so many things that you've done. Would you help us see them in the midst of so much chaos? Lord, for those of us who are doing okay today, would you help us bring hope to other people? Would you, would you help us be the message of good news in people's lives? 
Would you bring us to the lonely, to, to people who can't get out anymore? Would you let us encourage them and show how good you are and the difference you've made in our lives? And Lord, for all of us who want it, whether for the first time or the hundredth time, would you cause us to walk with you, we pray. God, you are so good. We give you thanks. Amen.